Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirabbil alamin. Wassalatu wassalamu ala al-mab'uuthi rahmatan lil 'alamin. Sayyidina wa habibina wa sanadina wa maulana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Amma ba'd. Honored ulama, respected elders, brothers, mothers, sisters, assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We praise and we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for nourishing and cherishing us each moment and for continuously sending countless blessings upon us even though we are not deserved of even one of it. And on this beautiful day of Jumu'ah, we send greetings and salutations upon the best of cre- creation, Sayyiduna wa Rasooluna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid. Today I begin my discourse with a social media post that I had read recently and tying in with the month of August which we know nationally is known as Women's Month. And just a week ago we had gone through the public holiday of National Women's Day. And the post reads as follows. Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was born in the lap of a woman. He was delicately wrapped and nursed by a woman. The first person to see his beautiful and illuminated smile was a woman. When his mother had passed away in Abwa, he tearfully came back and returned to Makkah Mukarramah with a woman. When he returned from the cave of Hira, the first person who consoled him and comforted him and spoke to him was a woman. The first person to have given her life for the cause of Islam was a woman in the form of the first martyr of Islam, Sayyida Sumayya radiallahu anha. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was delivering the khutbah, then it was through the command of a woman to construct the member for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam left the world, then he left the world in the lap of a woman. His lineage continued through a woman. And his final words were, I give you counsel that you be good to your women. So it amazes me how some of us still don't know the rank of our women. And we should know at this point that we are not dependent upon the reverence or the recognition given by our country in order for us to know and respect and recognize women. The status of women in Islam can never be denied. And ultimately our goal after today's discourse is for us as men to realize the status of women in Islam, to uphold that status of, of women in Islam, and for our sisters to also go back home with, their, with them having the burning desire for them to also uphold the rank and the wonder of women in Islam. Firstly, Allah wa ta'ala has named an entire surah which is the second longest surah in the Quran after Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah Al-Nisa, the chapter of the women. It was through the efforts and sacrifice of a lady, the wife of Sayyiduna Ibrahim alayhi salam, the mother of Sayyiduna Ismail alayhi salam, Sayyida Hajar alayhi salam, that today you and I enjoy the bounty of Ma'u Zamzam, the water of Zamzam. If it were not for Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha, the illuminated scholar of Islam, then you and I would have been deprived of 2,210 ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
use the words ittaqullaha fin nisa that fear and have consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding your women and we know that when the nikah is instituted when the khutbah of nikah is recited then the ayat of Quran that are recited in the khutbah of nikah all relate to the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah al-talaq the chapter of divorce in Quran which is roughly about three pages Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of taqwa five times in just three pages Islam had raised the status of women from being beneath the ground what do we speak of in the 14th juz of the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَإِذَا بُشِّرَ أَحَدُهُمْ بِالْأُنثَى ظَلَّ وَجْهُهُ مُسْوَدَّا وَهُوَ كَظِيمٌ That the men of Jahiliyyah, whenever they were given glad tidings of a newborn in their family or of a newborn that had come from that person's wife and it turned out to be a girl, a baby girl, then ظَلَّ وَجْهُهُ مُسْوَدَّا His face would actually darken out of disgrace. وَهُوَ كَظِيمٌ And he would be furious. يَتَوَارَى مِنَ الْقَوْمِ مِنْ سُوءِ مَا بُشِّرَ بِهِ He would actually go to the extent of hiding himself from the people. And أَيُمْسِكُهُ عَلَى هُونٍ أَمْ يَدُسُّهُ فِي التُّرَابِ He felt that he was left with one of two options. Either he keeps this baby girl bearing disgrace upon his name or he takes this child and he buries her into the ground alive and breathing and we know that many had succumbed to the latter where they would actually bury their daughters alive Islam had come to raise the status of women from beneath the ground and had raised them so high that we know that it is very commonly said that even Jannah lies beneath the mother's feet as a man we are faced upon on multiple fronts when it comes to how we interact with the women in our lives. Firstly, our loving and our precious mothers. Islam has spoken and has revered the mother to great extents. And we know that lecture upon lecture has been given before. And we've heard many discourses, many talks about the honor that is given to the mother. The famous hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when a person came to him and said, El Nabi of Allah, who should I pay good mind to after Allah and you? And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Your mother. O Nabi of Allah, who then? Your mother. O Nabi of Allah, who then? Your mother. O, Allah, o Nabi of Allah, who then? Then your father. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned in a hadith, Rahima anfuh, thumma rahiba anfuh, thumma rahima anfuh. That may that person be cursed, may that person be cursed, may that person be cursed. Qila man ya Rasulullah, the Sahaba around Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who, O Messenger of Allah, qal man adraka walidayhi inda al kibar, ahadahuma, au kilayhima, thumma lam yadhulil jannah. Curse be upon that person who witnesses his parents, either one of them or both of them in old age, and he is unable to attain jannah through them. Surah Al-Baqarah is named Surah Al-Baqarah because of the famous incident of the cow where the Banu Israel were instructed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to slaughter a cow. And we know the incident is lengthy where the Banu Israel, they continuously ask questions relating to the description of the cow. What color should the cow be? Should it be a grazing cow? What, how old should the cow be? And they made it difficult upon themselves. 
and it took a very long while until ultimately they said, Inna insha Hopefully, by the will of Allah, we will be guided. Some scholars say, had they not mentioned the word insha'Allah, then till Qiyamah they would still be looking for the cow to slaughter. So ultimately, Allah wa Taala guides them toward the correct cow to slaughter. And where is this cow found? Scholars mentioned that the cow was found by a youngster who imagined he was given honor by being in possession of the cow that Surah Al-Baqarah would be named as the Surah of the cow. And the outstanding feature of this youngster was that he was obedient to his mother. Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah, one day he sees a Yemeni man performing tawaf and he is carrying his mother on his back. How relevant it is that just a few days ago the post was shared of a very elderly man now during the season of Hajj he was carrying his mother on his back as he was performing Safa Sa'i. So Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah sees this Yemeni man carrying his mother on his back performing tawaf. And the man comes to Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah and he says that I have become a tamed camel for my mother and I have carried my mother throughout the rituals of Umrah or throughout the rituals of Hajj. Have I fulfilled the rights of my mother? Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah looks at him and says, Wallahi, you have not fulfilled the right of your mother even to the account of one contraction that she endured when she was giving birth to you. The famous linguist, Al-Raghib al-Asbahani, rahimahullah, mentions that in Quran, Allah says, وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا that we should show ihsan to our parents. And he explains the meaning of the word ihsan. He says that ihsan doesn't just mean to do good or to be kind or to be compassionate. Ihsan carries the meaning that you should give more than, is, than what is expected of you and you should be content with receiving less than what was originally expected. That is how we ought to show reverence and honor to our parents. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide one and all. Once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked by a man that, Oh Nabi of Allah, I have sinned. Is there any tawbah for me? Is there any repentance for me? And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Is your mother alive? He replied, Yes. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Then your tawbah and your acceptance of tawbah lies with your mother. Lies in the service of your mother. Secondly, we are faced or we interact with women when it comes to our lovely daughters. And as we already mentioned how Islam had come to give an honor to the daughter from being buried underneath the ground to the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam man kana lahu thalatha banat that person that has three daughters فَصَبَرَ عَلَيْهِنَّ and he bears, bears patience upon them وَكَسَاهُنَّ مِنْ جِدَتِهِ and he clothes them and looks after them from whatever was, is within his means كُنَّ لَهُ حِجَابًا مِنَ النَّارِ then those daughters will be a barrier between him and the fire of Jahannam. A sahabi asked that, O oh, Nabi of Allah, what about two daughters? He said, even two daughters. In another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man ala hatta That person that cares for two young girls until they reach the age of maturity, Jaa ana wa then that person will be brought on the day of Qiyamah and I will come to him on the day of Qiyamah and the two of us will be like this together. And this was after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa came home one day and he finds his wife Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha having experienced a situation where a lady came begging at the door and she had two little children, two little girls with her and Aisha radiallahu anha had given three dates and the lady took each date she gave one, one date to each daughter and she was left with the remaining date 
When the two daughters had eaten, they wanted more. So this lady had broken that final date in half and she had given it to her daughters. And that is where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned this hadith. What was the mannerism of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with his own daughter? Whenever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was seated in a gathering and Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha entered that gathering, immediately Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would stand up from where he was seated and he would approach his daughter, he would embrace her, he would kiss her on her forehead and then he would make her sit in his seat. Whenever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would depart on any expedition or any travel, then the last house that he would visit in, in Medina Munawara was the house of his daughter Fatima radiallahu anha. When he returned from journey, the first house that he would visit was the, daughter, was the house of his daughter Sayyida Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. The th third front that we mostly interact with the women in Islam is our loving wives. Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala says, وَعَاشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ That love with your women with kindness and with goodness. Allama ibn Kathir rahimahullah mentions under this verse that what does bil ma'roof mean? What does with kindness and compassion mean? Tayyibu aqwalakum lahunna. That firstly, sweeten your tongue when you speak to them. Wahasinu af'alakum wa hayatikum bihasabi kudratikum kama tuhibbu dalika minha. And beautify your actions, correct your actions and your mannerism toward them. Like how you would want to be treated by them, that is how you ought to treat your women. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the very famous hadith mentions, خيركم 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 The best among you, the most pristine among you, is that person who is the best to his family, and I am the best to my family. We quickly go to a bit of Arabic marvel, and that is in this word ahl. It was the common practice of men before that whenever they would refer to their wives, they wouldn't say, my zawjah, my wife. Rather, they would refer to them as ahl, my family. They would refer, refer to them with plurality. Sayyiduna Musa alayhi salam, and this is in Quran, when he was on travel with his spouse, then Allah mentions, إِذْ قَالَ لِأَهْلِهِمْ That when Musa alayhi salam told his family, remain where you are. And this was to show honor and reverence to the women in that particular household. And today, we very freely mention or speak about our wives with very, self, very little self-respect. Obviously, this is not a golden rule that now whenever we speak about our wives and we should only mention them in a plural form or whatever it may be, obviously the context will have to apply. But this was just the kind of reverence and respect that the men would show. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a husband, he was not a self-involved man. He would care for the interest of his spouse as well. On one occasion, Aisha radiallahu anha wanted to have a race with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So they ran the race and Rabbi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was defeated in the race. Sometime later, Aisha radiallahu anha is traveling again with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says it's time for a rematch. And on that occasion, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wins the race with Aisha radiallahu anha. And he says to her that this victory is for my last defeat. On one occasion, Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha was seated with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they were witnessing and they were looking at the starlit sky. So he was not a self-involved man. In fact, Allama ibn Kathir rahimahullah mentions 
that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would often gather all his wives at one particular house and they would eat and they would speak and they would have supper together and they would enjoy leisure time together as well. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam before retiring to bed, he would have light talk with his, with his wife as well. The importance of consulting one spouse in matters other related to household matters. At the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, the Muslim Ummah, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam were obviously refused entry into Makkah Mukarramah to complete the Umrah. So when the Treaty of Hudaybiyah was signed, then in order to come out of the state of Ihram, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam needed to have their heads shaved. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam knew that this would be something difficult for the Sahaba radiallahu anhum to do. And they were obviously not in the correct state of mind because they had just been denied entry to Makkah Mukarramah. So they were not in a correct state of mind. So the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and this is the importance of consulting with our spouses in matters also related out of the house, out of the home. And the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam tells Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam that I have an idea. Why don't you first shave your head, O Messenger of Allah? When the Sahaba radiallahu anhum see you doing that, immediately they will follow suit. And that is exactly how it had happened. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentions in a hadith, Man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir, fala yu'thi jarah. That person that believes in Allah and his messenger or in the final day, then he should not harm his neighbor in any way. Wastawsu bin nisa'i khayra. And look after your women with goodness. For verily they have been created from a rib, from a curved rib. And the most curved or the most unstraightened rib would be the highest rib. And that is where the woman, the woman was created from, from the rib of Sayyiduna Adam alayhi salam. Now it's a very common occurrence that as men we tend to use this hadith against women. That you see you've been created from a crooked rib. That is why I can't, I, I, I don't have any patience for you. Some scholars of hadith actually explain that the beauty of a rib and the function of a rib is within its crookedness, is within its curvature. If all our ribs were straight, how would our organs be protected? If all our ribs were straight, how would our organs be protected? So this is actually a hadith complementing women. This is a hadith complimenting women. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam continues to say, فَإِن ذَهَبْتَ تُقِيمَهُ فَإِن ذَهَبْتَ تُقِيمُهُ كَسَرْتَهُ That if you try to straighten this rib, you will break it. وَإِن تَرَكْتَهُ لَمْ يَزَلْ أَعْوَجِ And if you leave this rib, then it will remain naturally as, it how, as how it's supposed to be. فَاسْتَوْسُوا بِالنِّسَاءِ خَيْرًا So look after and counsel your women with goodness. The behavior when it comes to women in general, time is quickly expiring. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he once sees a lady crying at a qabr. And this is obviously a qabr of her own son. So when, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam goes to the lady, he tries to pacify the lady and he tells her to have patience. And the lady not knowing that it was Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam before her, she utters some nasty remarks and she says that you don't know what it's like to, lo to lose a child. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at that point, he understands what the woman is going through. He understands her emotional condition at that time. He did not say, I am the messenger of Allah. How can you speak to me like this? He went away. After a while, 
news came to that woman that that was Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that you spoke to. Immediately she went to the house of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asking for forgiveness and for pardon. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, not a problem but know very well that true patience happens at the very first moment when the calamity occurs. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had high regard for women of all different levels in community. There was a woman who used to clean the masjid. She used to sweep the masjid. Her name was Ummu Mihjan. So one day she had passed away and it was late at night. So the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they did not want to go to the house of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and wake him from his sleep for the janazah of this woman. So they buried her and they carried on as normal. The next day Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam comes and he sees a new qabr. So he says that who does this qabr belong to? So the Sahaba radiallahu anhum explained that this is the qabr of Ummu Mihjan. She was the one responsible for cleaning and sweeping the masjid of Nabi of Allah. She passed away late last night and we didn't want to uh, cause any inconvenience to you. We didn't, we didn't want to alarm you in any way. So we had carried out the burial procedure. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam became extremely emotional, became extremely angry. And at that point he performed janazah salah for that particular woman again. Throughout our discourse we highlighted the wonder of women, the high-ranking status of women in Islam. And we had mentioned that this was for us as men to understand and recognize our women, but it is also for our sisters and for us to take home the very message. And this is the message. That my dear sister, if we wish to achieve even a fraction of the respect, the reverence and the reward of Asiya, the wife of Fir'aun radiallahu ta'ala anha, who persevered during that final moments and remained steadfast upon the teachings of, upon the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we need to dedicate our lives to the steadfastness and the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we wish to achieve even a fraction of the respect, the reverence and the reward of Sayyida Khadija radiallahu anha, then we need to dedicate our lives to the comfort and the solace and the respect of our husbands. If we wish to achieve even a fraction of the respect, the reward and the reverence of Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha, then we need to dedicate our lives to the scholarship of Islam and to learn more about our deen. If we wish to achieve even a fraction of the reverence, the respect and the, re and the reward of Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha, then we need to dedicate our lives to the modesty that Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha had in her life. My final words is that, my dear sister, and we need to take this message home as men as well, that hold steadfast onto the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the teachings of Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Do not wander away from that, for eventually you will begin to wonder what happened to my wonder. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspire one and all. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala Allah Akbar Allah Akbar Allah Akbar Allah 
أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول أشهد أن محمد رسول الله عظيم الصفات سمي السمات كبير الشان جليل القدر رفيع الذكر مطاع الأمر جلي البرهان فخيم الإسم غزير العلم وسيع الحلم كثير الغفران جميل الثناء جزيل العطاء مجيب الدعاء عميم الإحسان سريع الحساب شديد العقاب أليم العذاب عزيز السلطان 
ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له في الخلق والأمر ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله المبعوث إلى الأسود والأحمر المنعوت بشرح الصدر ورفع الذكر وصلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه الذين هم خلاصة العرب العرباء وخير الخلائق بعد الأنبياء أما بعد لقد رفع الإسلام مكانة المرأة وأكرمها بما لم يكرمها به دين سواه فالنساء في الإسلام شقائق الرجال وخير الناس خيرهم لأهله فالمسلمة في طفولتها لها حق الرضاع والرعاية وإحسان التربية وهي في ذلك الوقت قرة العين وثمرة الفؤاد لوالديها وإخوانها وإذا كبرت فهي المعزرة المكرمة التي يغار عليها وليها ويحوطها برعايته فلا يرضى أن تمتد إليها يد بسوء ولا ألسنة بأذن ولا أعين بخيانة وإذا تزوجت كان ذلك بكلمة الله وميثاقه الغليظ فتكون في بيت الزوج بأعز جوار وأمنع ذمار وواجب على زوجها إكرامها والإحسان إليها وكف الأذى عنها وإذا كانت أمًا كان برها مقرونًا بحق الله تعالى وعقوقها والإساءة إليها مقرونًا بالشرك بالله والفساد في الأرض وإذا كانت أختًا فهي التي أمر المسلم بصلتها وإكرامها والغيرة عليها وإذا كانت خالةً كانت بمنزلة الأم في البر والصلة وإذا كانت جدةً أو كبيرةً في السن زادت قيمتها لدى أولادها وأحفادها وجميع أقاربها فلا يكاد يرد لها طلب ولا يسفه لها رأي وإذا كانت بعيدةً عن الإنسان لا يدنيها قرابةٌ أو جوارٌ كان له, في كان له حق الإسلام العام من كف الأذى وغض البصر ونحو ذلك قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من كان يؤمن بالله واليوم الآخر فلا يؤذي جاره واستوسوا بالنساء خيرا فإنهن خلقن من ضلع وإن أعوج شيء في الضلع أعلاه فإن ذهبت تقيمه كسرته وإن تركته لم يزل أعوج فاستوصوا بالنساء خيرا أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الذي تقدست ذاته الأحدية أحدية عن الجهات وتنزهت صفاته الأزلية عن تطرق التغيرات فسبحانه من حميد محمود في كل أحيان وأوقات وكريم يداه مبسوطتان ينفق كيف يشاء في الأرض والسماوات ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له شهادة أدخرها ليوم تتضاعف فيه الحسرات ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله صاحب الآيات البينات سمي الشمائل رفيع الدرجات صلى الله عليه وعلى 
آله وصحبه النجوم الهدات ما قرعت أسماع بأصوات أما بعد فيا معشر المسلمين والمسلمات لازموا التقوى فإنها ملاك الطاعات وكونوا عباد الله مخلصين له العبادات ولا تنهمكوا في نعيم الدنيا فإنها فانية هالكة الذات وعليكم موالاة الصلاة والسلام على سيد الكائنات فقال الله تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وهو في قبره حي البخيل من ذكرت عنده فلم يصل علي اللهم صل على محمد شفيع المؤمنين والمؤمنات وعلى آله وصحبه الذين شتتوا شمل الكفرة العتاد لا سيما على صديق غاره ورفيقه الأنيق أمير المؤمنين سيدنا أبي بكر الصديق وعلى هادم أساس الكفر والرأي المصاب أمير المؤمنين سيدنا أبي حفص عمر بن الخطاب وعلى كامل الحياء وجامع القرآن أمير المؤمنين سيدنا عثمان بن عفان وعلى الأشجع العالم ببدائع المعاني وروائع المطالب أمير المؤمنين سيدنا علي بن أبي طالب وعلى الإمامين الهمامين الأزهرين أبي محمد الحسن وأبي عبد الله الحسين وعلى عميه المكرمين بين الناس أبي عمارة حمزة وأبي الفضل العباس وعلى بقية العشرة المبشرة الذين بايعوا نبيك تحت الشجرة طلحة الفياض والحواري الزبير وسعد الهدى وسعيد الخير وعبد الرحمن الزكي الشاكر وأبي عبيدة الزاهد الزاهر وعلى سائر الصحابة والتابعين رضوان الله تعالى عليهم أجمعين إلى يوم الدين اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر إخواننا المسلمين والمستضعفين في كل مكان يا رب العالمين اللهم اجعل هذا البلد آمنا مطمئنا وسائر بلاد المسلمين ومقدساتهم اللهم انصر من نصر دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وجعلنا منهم واخذل من خذل دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا تجعلنا منهم عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون قوموا لله قانتين رستريتنا والصفوف and fill in the صفوف and the rows that are in the masjid on the right hand side and the left hand side as well brothers that are still standing in the courtyard can make their way in the masjid still a lot of place inside the masjid itself Also, the back corners of the masjid itself are always empty, left empty during Jumu'ah Salah. So if we can fill up those back corners as well. Jazakumullahu khairan.
الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ونضلين سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن نفعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصلى النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ونضوب 
أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه يومئذ خاشعة عاملة ناصبة تصلى نارا حامية تسقى من عين آنية ليس لهم طعام إلا من ضريع لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع وجوه يومئذ ناعمة لسعيها راضية في جنة عالية لا تسمع فيها لاغية فيها عين جارية فيها سرر مرفوعة وأكواب موضوعة ونمارق مصفوفة وزرابي مبثوثة أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبل كيف خلقت وإلى السماء كيف رفعت وإلى الجبال كيف نصبت وإلى الأرض كيف سطحت فذكر إنما أنت مذكر لست عليهم بمسيطر إلا من تولى وكفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد 
اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب اللهم رب ارحمهم كما ربونا صغارا ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذ منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين